Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Norton. I'm one of the pastors here at New Denver. In case you happen to be new or visiting um, for the first time this morning, we're glad you're here. Uh, today is the second Sunday in the season of Lent, so it's this intentional season that we're um, that we've entered into, and we're moving towards uh, Good Friday and Easter Sunday. And um, we kicked this uh, this season off and a new series with this season last week. And Um, Today, I want to begin by asking a really simple question, and it's this. Does God test us? Just think about that for a second. Does God test us? Does God create scenarios or situations in our lives where he is intentionally testing us, where our response determines whether we pass the test or not. That if we respond one way, we pass the test, and if we respond a different way, we failed the test. Does God test us like that? Now, if I'm honest, uh, my default answer is no, uh, because A, I don't really like the idea of tests. I don't like taking tests. Um, if God is testing me, I feel like I'm probably always going to fail that test, so I don't like that. Um, but B, I'm uncomfortable with this idea of God testing us. It makes him sound really uh, calculating and maybe even cruel. And, and, and again, I'm not sure I would be able to pass the test that he would um, give us. It's almost like he's sitting up there just waiting for us to fail uh, these tests. And that, that just doesn't um, connect to this idea of a loving God or this loving father or a God who wants what's good for me, as we just sang. So my default answer, I think, if I ask this question is, no, I don't think God tests us. And yet, there are lots of stories in the Bible that suggest otherwise. Now, maybe you're new to the Bible, or maybe you're new to a journey of faith, and, and, and the Bible is sort of this book of these, these interesting stories, but some of them are a little strange. Well, there are these stories in the Bible, and in fact, we read one last week. We kicked it off, and here's how this story started. It's about this guy named Abraham, and it said this, Sometime later, God tested Abraham. Uh, There is no alternative translation to this one. Uh, The Hebrew words mean God tested Abraham. It's really straightforward and really simple. Now, Genesis has all kinds of stories about this guy named Abraham, who you've probably heard of before. Um, Tells us stories about his travels, about his family, about struggles he has in his family, about political challenges he faces. In fact, uh, chapter 21 of Genesis ends with the story about a treaty that he negotiates with this Philistine king. And then the very next thing is, sometime later, God tested Abraham. And here's the test. says this in the next verse. God said, go, take your son and go to the region of Moriah and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. Now, last week, we read this and we said, what a disturbing story, right? What an unsettling story. It raises so many questions about God. Why would God ask Abraham to do this? And of course, it raises questions about Abraham as well, because Abraham actually goes through with it. He does what God asks him to do. He begins to make preparations. Now, we didn't read the entire story last week, and we didn't answer all of those hard questions because 
We said this is a, a, a story that has many, many layers to it. And so we're actually going to spend six weeks during the season of Lent peeling back all of these layers. And one of the first layers we have to peel back is this idea that God is testing Abraham. That's what it says right up front. Here's what this story is about. Before you get lost in the details, before you try to answer all these questions about why God would test Abraham in this way, don't forget all the way through this story, this is a test. God is testing Abraham. And if that's true, if God indeed tests Abraham, and if he tests other people, and if maybe sometimes he tests you and me, And today, I simply want to explore this question. What does it mean for God to test someone? Why would God test people? How does God test people? What does it mean if God tests one of us? Now, um, it's important for us to not universalize this one story about uh, Abraham, meaning the way that God tested Abraham is not necessarily the way he tests all of us. This test is very unique to Abraham for reasons that will become clear as we read more of it in the coming weeks. But there are some insights that we can gain from this story. And of course, there's lots of insights from the rest of the Bible about what it means to be tested. For instance, in the New Testament, James And Peter and Paul, they all talk about followers of Jesus having tests or going through tests of faith in their life from time to time. One time, Jesus even asks one of his disciples a question, Philip, and John later tells us that it was a test. Jesus was actually testing Philip. And then in a story that actually the season of Lent is somewhat based on, when Jesus goes into the wilderness for 40 days, We're told that part of the reason Jesus spends these 40 days in the wilderness is to be tested. Well, then you move back to the Old Testament, and there's all kinds of passages in there about God testing the nation of Israel. Sometimes he tests them when they wander through the wilderness for 40 years. The Psalms and the Proverbs talk about God testing people. So it shouldn't surprise us, at least biblically speaking, that we come to this passage or the story that begins by saying, God tested Abraham. And so uh, I want to share a few insights about this question. What does it mean for God to test someone? And the first insight is super simple. Testing is normal. Testing is normal. There's these stories and these passages all throughout the Bible that describe tests. But you don't even have to go to the Bible for it. Even if, even if you're not even sure what you believe about the Bible today, testing is normal in our everyday lives. If you're in school right now, you are regularly tested, right? Whether you're learning math or biology or a foreign language or American history, your teacher has taught you certain things, has taught you certain knowledge about these subjects, and your teacher regularly pauses to test that knowledge, right? To determine whether you've actually learned these things or not. And you might not enjoy taking tests, but we all recognize there's no way to actually prove that you have acquired this knowledge apart from a test. It's true in the workplace as well, right? Testing is normal there. If you want to be a practicing lawyer, you have to take a bar exam, right? You have to pass a test, which tests your competence and your knowledge of the legal system. 
right? You can tell the state of Colorado that you already know all of those things, but they're not going to believe you until you prove to them by taking a test. And that's true if you want to be an architect, if you want to be an engineer that signs off on drawings, if you want to be an accountant, if you want to be certified to use a particular kind of software, if you want to be a therapist, if you want to be a teacher, you have to pass a test. This is normal, right? Or think about what we've all been through for the last two years of this pandemic, right? You, you wake up one day and you sort of got a scratchy throat, and you go through the day, and you start to cough a little bit more, and then you find out that one of your good friends who you were hanging out with two days before has COVID, and you've escaped getting COVID for two years, and now you know for certain deep down, I must have this illness. But you don't really know until you take a test. The test will tell you whether you have it or not. So, so tests are normal, right? They're a normal part of our everyday lives. So it shouldn't be weird or strange to us at all if from time to time our faith is tested as well. If we prove our knowledge by tests, if we prove our competencies and our skills by tests, if we prove our physical health by a test, right? Wouldn't it make sense we would also prove our faith by a test? That leads to a second insight. Number two, testing makes known what is already inside of you. So if you take a test in math class, right, it's going to reveal whether you know the material or not, whether you understand the equations or not, right? If you ace the test, then clearly the knowledge was inside of you. If you fail the test, the knowledge was not inside of you. If you take a COVID test, it's the same way, right? A COVID test simply reveals the presence of, of the virus or antibodies inside of you. Either it's in you or it's not. The testing process is simply making known what's already inside of you. And that's actually what's going on with Abraham. God tests Abraham by asking him to do something specific. Now, the something that God asked Abraham to do is deeply problematic, right? And how Abraham even responds to this is somewhat problematic. And we'll, we'll get into that next week. But Abraham eventually does what God asks him to do. Now, uh, spoiler, he doesn't actually kill his son. We'll read the details in the next few weeks. But just as Abraham is about to go through with it, here's what God says. And this is really the climax of the entire story. God says this, now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Now I know God is saying to Abraham, right? I could have asked you, Abraham, whether you love me or not. I could have asked you whether you trust me or not. I could have asked you whether you are willing to give up something precious to you or not. I could have asked you to do this thing if I wanted to. I could have simply asked you all those questions and you could have told me what you think or what you feel or what you believe in your heart. But I would not have actually known. And you wouldn't have known. And nobody would have actually known what is in your heart whether you really do trust me unless it was made Known. And that's what a test does. It makes known what's already inside of you. 
There's this great verse. Uh, it's found in the book of Deuteronomy. This is what Moses says to the Israelites. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. That's what a test does, right? Just like a test in school, just like a bar exam, just like a COVID test. It makes known what's already inside of you. And for me, in some ways, I've got to be honest, I have to find, I find that a little bit comforting. Uh, because if God does test me, and I don't think he does that very often, There's not actually passages on every single page of the Bible of God testing people. God is not always testing people. It's a lot more infrequent than that. But if I actually think God is testing me, he's not asking me to produce something that I do not already have. He's not asking me to manufacture something that I don't have. The test is simply going to reveal whether I already have that thing or not. And that leads to a third insight, um, a test invites us to draw on inner resources we already have. Not just in the Abraham story, but there are other passages in the Bible where we learn that God never tests us without providing the resources we need to actually endure the test, to persevere, to come out on the other side stronger than we were before because we relied on God in ways we never had before. It's why in the New Testament, uh, the Apostle James says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Um, Now, the whole consider it pure joy, come on, James, like... Uh, a little over the top there. Uh, he gets a little carried away. He probably should have just said, like, hang in there, when you, brothers and sisters, when you face trial. Like, suck it up, right? Just like, just don't give up, brothers and sisters. Why? Because you're going to face trials in life. And because the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And we all know this is true. We've all had those experiences in our lives where we've gone through some sort of trial or or testing and we've come out the other side stronger. Now, this verse provides no comfort in the middle of the trial, right? And please never quote this to somebody going through a trial. Consider it all joy, you know? Like, Like this is the last thing you want to tell someone or the last thing you want to hear when you're in the middle of it. But how many of us? can look back on times in our lives where where God nudged us to to give something up, where God nudged us to to surrender something, to stop clinging to something that we're holding on to so desperately, when God nudged us to just trust in Him. And we did so, and our faith became stronger. Not because I pulled myself up by my bootstraps, not because I I did something heroic, but because deep down inside of me, I was able to access that, that little mustard seed of willingness 
to trust in him. I was able to access the, this reliance that the Spirit is indeed leading me. I was able to access the sense that Jesus' presence does actually live inside of me, and he is with me in this. But so many times, it takes a test to bring this out. It takes a test to make this known. It takes a test to remind me and to help me draw on those resources that I already had. That's what tests and trials do. Here's another insight about testing that's really important. Number four, God's testing comes in the context of relationship and faithfulness. This is so important because we don't come to this story in Genesis 22 and just sort of helicopter down into it and read it without any context. You have to understand, Abraham has been following God for 40 years in his life. God has has proved himself faithful to Abraham. Uh, God came to Abraham and said, I'm going to provide land for you if you trust me. And then God provided land. I'm going to keep you safe from your enemies whenever they're surrounding you, if you trust me. And then God kept him safe. I'm even going to give you children, Abraham. And Abraham was like, hold on, God, that's not going to happen. Because Sarah and I, we've tried to have children our entire lives, and we've never been able to, and now we're getting old. And so there's just no way it's going to happen. It's impossible. And God says, no, 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 trust me, it's going to happen. And he's like, no, 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 no way, it's not going to happen. And then it happened, Right? And so God keeps blessing Abraham over and over and over and showing him that he's trustworthy, that you can trust him. And so it's only in that context, after 40 years of doing this in Abraham's life, that God comes to Abraham and says, I have something I want you to do. Now what God asked him to do is outlandish. And if you take it out of its context, it seems cruel and diabolical, right? But you can't take it out of its context. You can't separate the test that God is now giving Abraham from the faithfulness that God has demonstrated to Abraham over and over and over and over. And that's huge. Because the backstory changes everything. The longer you walk with Jesus, the longer you trust God in your life, the longer you can know. He's never going to test you without first demonstrating that you can trust Him. One final insight, number five. Most hardships we face are not a test from God, but there's still an opportunity to trust in Him. And this is important. It means there's a lot of suffering, a lot of pain, a lot of tragedy, a lot of hardship we experience. And it's not from God. It's not a test from God. Jesus taught on this once. It's in Luke 13. You can go back and, and read it for yourself. But basically, Jesus said, there's a lot of tragedies that happen in our world, and it's not God testing you. It's not God punishing you. It's not God trying to teach you A lesson, they're just the realities of living in a broken world. There's those trials that James talks about that we all face from time to time. And yet, as we sang earlier, God works in all things. 
And so whenever we face hardship, whenever we face suffering, whenever we face tragedies or trials, it's still an opportunity to trust in him. And so let me ask you this morning, what sort of trials are you facing right now? Maybe even when I ask that question, you think, well, I don't have any like major you know, trials. There's no major tragedies or suffering that I'm experiencing, but there's still probably things that you lay awake at night worried about. There's still things that consume your thoughts. Maybe there's a situation at work. Maybe it's something in your career. Maybe it's a relationship with a boss or a coworker. Maybe there are trials at home. In your family, with kids, figuring out how to raise them. Maybe it's with your parents, figuring out how to relate to them in a new season. Maybe it's with siblings. Maybe there's a financial situation. Maybe a health situation. Maybe a housing situation or a a relationship situation. Maybe there is... A situation that you're in right now where you really do feel like God is testing you. He's giving you a choice and he's asking you to trust in him. And so the question is, what would that look like? What would it look like for you to put your trust in him? Let me pray for us. God, if James and and Paul and Jesus and the writers of the Bible are right, we do all indeed face challenges and trials and sometimes even tests. And so I pray that right now, whatever it is that has come into our minds or that's sitting heavy in our hearts, you might give us the courage to trust in you to access whatever faith you have given us and to not focus on what we don't believe or what we doubt or what we question or what we don't know or what we don't understand. Help us to cling to you and to know that you're there for us and that you love us more than we could ever know. pray this in your name. Amen.